Our old dog returned home after living with my daughters for about six months. And the time that he was gone, the puppy arrived. So here he is, nine years old and a third the size. Um, obviously, the puppy didn't get the memo that he must step aside. But the old boy gets a last laugh every night when the puppy is kenneled. He walks over to the cage, looks inside and knows it's not your actions during the day. It's where you end up at night. And he just goes and jumps on the sofa, curls up and starts snoring. Man, you got to like his style. He's got style. He may not have size, but he's got style. Tell you what, age and guile. Way hey, to Jeff. go. How ben, are how you? are you? I'm doing good, man. Just mired in the land of crazy football games and getting ready for the week that's coming and uh, enjoying doing a podcast with you. Well, thank you for that. Yeah, it's uh, it has been quite a weekend, and uh, we are pushing out a couple more items that we wanted to, uh, you know, definitely talk about. And just to jump right into it, you sent me this text last night, and I was like, "Who does this?" You know, this pigeon that was reportedly, you know, that reportedly uh-huh. traveled thirteen thousand miles from the United States to Australia, and then they were going to have to, you know, basically execute the pigeon because he might have brought COVID over and then he has a band and then they look at the band it turns out that the band is fake and I'm thinking to myself who first of all who makes a fake band and then decides let's catch a pigeon then let's put the band on the pigeon and then let's release the pigeon I mean it's it's so and in the age of the the political environment we live in the question would be was the pigeon in on it did he participate in this? <laughs> Is there an investigation that needs to happen on that? Well, yeah. I mean, maybe yeah. actually, maybe the, the pigeon needed some attention. Maybe the pigeon, you're right. He commissioned yeah. it. He wanted it. He it wanted was just to, so bizarre he, because I wanted it wasn't to, until he faced the threshold of death that he realized, I think we all got to come clean. Yeah. yeah. But he now that he, we found out he really, it was supposed to be from Oregon. So now that we find out the pigeon isn't from Oregon, he's not eligible for a pardon. Exactly. He just, he's not but well, I, you i'll tell know, you one thing that pigeon has more self-awareness than other pigeons that are fl- geez, fleeing that, the coop that is the truth man <laughs> he's not hauling paintings out of his pigeon coop exactly. right? but, you know you wanted to believe it because in, in in the age of covid and all the nonsense that's gone on this idea that a pigeon traveled from oregon to australia is beyond is is beyond belief, right? And sure. that should have been our first tip-off. But no, it's on the news. It's on a website. It's on CNN or Huffington Post. So now we go, wow, this thing went 13,000 miles exactly on, on, on one tank of gas. It was destined to be basically the answer of you know the new Jeopardy. For 500, I flew from where? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, and then you think to yourself, how stupid we all are for going, no pigeon flew 13,000 miles. I, I talked to my son-in-law at dinner tonight about this. And he said to me, do you know, cause he's a smart guy. Do you know the weight of pigeons compared to their body mass and their legs mm-hmm. is so, is so big. Well, they're rats they, with wings, man. They, they require so much energy that for a pigeon to go a thousand miles yeah. would have well, been out of the question. Well, and when was the last time you see a pigeon gliding? You see seagulls gliding. That's why you see some of these, you know, ocean birds that they see a thousand miles offshore. Right, yeah. But you're right; they have wings that are five times the the, the length of their bodies. 
Right. <laughs> you know, I, I've seen some seagulls in the area I live in here, and we're probably 50 miles from the coast, and you're you're right on the edge of Puget Sound, and so you probably get, and I remember growing up in LA and in east side of LA, and, and we'd get, you know, seagulls that would come in on the playground at school, and we'd go, wow, that's so awesome. Well, that what is that, 25 miles from, you know, from the, from the ocean, but 13,000 miles, and we're all going, hey, did you hear about that? It's fantastic. This pigeon went 13,000 miles, and I'm like, we are all so willing to believe whatever we read on a on a um, you know on a website and so he turns out to be a fake and move on crazy australians this is a country started by people that were hauled over there out of the jails and told go start your own country so yeah, anyhow, yeah. crazy sense of humor those guys yeah well yeah it's it's it's, it's a bit crazy but all, all that to say that you know this little pigeon he um he had a lot of self uh a lot of fans for sure i probably had so many petitions going they didn't know what to do with it but in any event um yeah so you know again moving on you know we go from there we talk about jeopardy with our you know alex trebek you know may rest in peace and they had the new guest host which includes apparently katie couric mm -hmm. and aaron Rodgers. right wait wait is there i mean aaron Rodgers just beat the rams he can do this too he's he's amazing the guy's charmed but he you know he he apparently you know the the celebrity i think it's interesting they've got uh mayim uh bialik the the gal from uh, um what's the the show big bang theory mm -hmm. who actually is has a phd from ucla in like molecular biology or some kind of scientific oh uh, doctorate and is a, a funny television actress and certainly has the personality to carry it. And then Bill Whitaker, who is a reporter, for those that don't know who he is, he's a reporter on CBS's 60 Minutes. Um, and and I, I think it's interesting. It'll be interesting to watch the show. I don't know if you're a fan of the show. I've watched it pretty consistently over no, the years. No, I don't really watch it. Yeah. It was always a little bit older than I was and then never really got into it when I got old. So <laughs> my kids, I said, hey, guys, Alec Trebek died. And they look at me like, who? I mean, it's like it didn't even yeah. didn't even register on their cultural scale. You know, best of luck to that particular show. It has a lot of great memories with Alec Trebek, and he just was a, such a great guy. You, you hope that the show can find some legs with somebody new. That would be fantastic. Right, you know, right. yeah. So that's kind of crazy. And since I guess staying with the theme of television, and you also were telling me about Narcos. Now I know that this is not the television show. This is something serious. But to me, I always kind of find it interesting how, you know, real life follows television. What is with this? With life, the, life oh. imitating the art. Well, you know, we being from um, Southern California, we're fans of the television show on Netflix called Narcos. And then we actually, I think in a previous podcast, talked about um, getting into the actual Narcos documentaries that were, were less, less sanitized. And most of this centers around the, the, the corruption, not only the, the cartels, but the deep-seated corruption in the Mexican government. And, you know, every few years we go through this, well, yeah, there's a new president in Mexico and he's going to take care of things and he's going to, he's going to strive to be a little better about this symbiotic relationship between guns in the United States and in narcotics, guns and money in the United States and narcotics in, in Mexico. Recently, there was an arrest of a general um, in the, in the Mexican army in Los Angeles. And the guy was uh, arrested on, on charges of being, uh, in conspiracy to uh, distribute and, and um, you know put put drugs through through the uh, the various networks and in, in, on behalf of the cartel. Well, this rose to such a level that the State Department got involved and in, in, uh, contacted Mexico and, and said, you know, this is this is a little out of the ordinary for us. It's one thing to have a um, you know El Chapo arrested, but this is a guy who's part of your military, and, and we need to cooperate on what we're going to do about this. So a deal was struck 
to send him back to Mexico with the promise from the Mexican government that they would investigate him. And, and upon the investigation, if, if found to be, uh, um, you know, indictable, that they were going to charge him with these crimes in Mexico, which would be, you know, better because he's a Mexican, uh, a general in the Mexican army, and that would be a better way to handle it. Well, uh, they just announced that the president of Mexico said that they're going to dismiss the probe. So business as usual. And now everybody's up in arms going, you can't do that. You can't do that. We had an agreement. And it's like, yeah, no, you didn't. You, you, you got taken again. And it just shows the depth of, of, of the ongoing corruption in Mexico. And, Listen, and when you have a president yeah. that de that's dealing out state capitals like cards and a cheap deck of rummy, who cares about this narco general? Yeah. Oh, no, you're yeah, I get it. I mean, who, who are we? Who are we to complain? <laughs> Yeah, like we got this. Yeah. Uh, we, the guy we got is like handing out state capitals. Like here, you get you get Maine and you get Missouri and you get to yeah. support me. And me meantime, this guy goes and you know it's it's like that's business as usual for Mexico. You know, right? Right. right. You know, I, I guess well, the only the only distinctive is is that that our our corrupt president kept it internal. Yeah. Right. Well, I yeah. tell everybody we got our first real Mexican president because the first thing he does is he makes himself rich. Right. Take basically empties out the White House, gets all his cronies pardons, and goes somewhere to live really nice to retire for the rest of his life. That is the basic storyline of every Mexican president. <laughs> we got our first Mexican president. Yeah. Who's the first Mexican president? Donald Trump. Donald Trump, that, man. I like that. I like that. Well, I, we, we've got a lot of interesting analogies. analogies what about, with, okay, so then, you know. But you anyhow, know. that's what's happening. It, it, narco right. season, okay. what are we at, Nar narco season five or six? So now, that now you know, what's good is that the, the content for narco season eight and nine is already ready to go. They don't have to look for it. It's already here. Yeah, you know, when life is so crazy, right before we got onto this podcast, uh, we were discussing uh, one of the representatives was potentially live tweeting Nancy Pelosi's location. What, right. What was her name again? Lauren Bobert. Bobert, yeah. yeah. And her communications, you know, person basically just quit. They're quitting because they don't want to go to jail when this is all found out and they figure out what she was doing. But when real life is just so crazy, how's television going to keep up, let alone the movies? You know, I mean, it, you know, when you look at Narcos, it, it kind of looks a little quaint. Looks a little yeah. kind of cute, you know. Well, these guys are kind of cute. They're killing each other, I guess. That's all right, you know. But yeah, you know, it's just going to be. Uh, I don't know. It's going to. It's probably why all the science fiction movies are doing so great right now on Netflix and Amazon Prime because you know that's still so far out there in terms of what is reality. But you bring back. I, we were going to do a West Wing reunion, and I was like, why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why bring back West Wing? I mean, what does that mean? Because they'll reestablish the the the, the, warm the niceness and the yeah. warm fuzzy about working in washington for yeah. the for the cause no man we don't need that right now we need to figure out whether this this is a true civil war situation or not you know it's like it's like what what if right. it is you know what does that really mean right you know that people just won't let that narrative die but in any event yeah that's that's just crazy you know um and we can't even rely on the oldest u.s marine who just passed away Dorothy yeah Cole. she's not going to be of help you know from north carolina you have here in our notes you know so so her story is just you know after you know, pearl harbor she enlists. after pearl harbor she enlists in the marines she was a pilot but the mm -hmm. marines in, in in this you know for two men on a podcast here who who, who are, are dad you know girl dads 
Um, this, this is the sad part about back in that day. She was a pilot. She went down and enlisted in the Marines and they put her behind the desk on a typewriter because women don't fly planes. Mm -hmm. Anyhow, Dorothy remained a true Marine until 107. She died at 107 wow. yesterday. And there's a, a picture that's in the notes. If, if the listeners want to look at it, she looked pretty good in that uniform. I'm like, mm -hmm. wow, back in the day, Dorothy was rocking it, but she lived to be 107. And I'm like, you know, it's pretty interesting that, that, that somebody that lives that long has seen a lot, right? We look at what's going on now, and you and I can think about 9-11, and, and uh, I'm a little older than you. You know, I think about Kennedy being shot and, 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 and you know, the Cuban Missile Crisis and all that. Dorothy probably looked at, at what was going on right now and went, yeah, we've had stuff like that before. Don't get too excited. I don't think we've had anything like Trump before, but she died at 107. So, you know what? Rest in peace, Dorothy. Uh, and Semper Fi, I guess. You know, that's a true Marine, not these ones that are running around the, uh, uh, you know, running around the, the, the Capitol and, and, and talking about how they're the true patriots and they're going to do this and that. No, the true patriot was Dorothy. Mm. You know, she's a true patriot, not, not, not some 28 year old toting a Glock into the, into the House chambers and, and texting her positions or the positions of other members out to the uh, QAnon conspiracy theorists in the parking lot. Dor Dorothy's our, our, she's our patriot of the week. Okay. The rest yeah. of you can go hang. Well, yeah. uh, you know, half the country is worried about whether we're going to have a civil war and the other half of the country just realized that their Disney annual passes oh. expired. No more annual passes. I can this tell is... you there is a collective whale coming out of Southern California. That is the annual pass program is the nanny of every OC child whose parents are both working. My dad worked in security. He retired from Disneyland. He was also a school teacher for 40 years, but he also retired from Disneyland 20 years or so. And uh, he can't tell you stories of how kids got dropped off or, or took the bus after school at Disneyland, stayed there until their parents picked them up. Yeah. And with the annual pass gone, you could see the writing on the wall, right? I mean, how are they going to do this with COVID and, and the fact that that's basically as if the airlines canceled all the frequent flyer mile programs. You had all this time built up with some sort of monetary value and then they just killed it, right? It's just gone. Read the fine print, kids. They can cancel it yep, anytime. It's, and, and they're not it's the not utility right. companies. It right. is. It's not a constitutional right. It, it really right. is amazing yeah. how many people go to Disneyland and think that they're at the national park. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, that's gonna that's a big one that uh, basically they canceled that program. That that is phenomenal. I mean, I don't I don't even know how to respond to that. That's crazy. And I haven't yeah, I haven't I, talked to any of my my brothers and sisters, and they all had annual passes at different levels, you know. And when my mom said, "Don't why aren't you going to get the kids an annual pass?" I was like, "We don't go there enough for an annual pass. I think we only went once or twice a year, if that." And my parents could sign yeah. us in for free because my parents had lifetime passes. You know, why would we buy an annual pass? <laughs> the article says that they're uh, going to uh, prorate and, and refund the, the annual pass. But, you know, D Disney is uh, an organization that, that, that doesn't do things lightly and they don't do things without checking in with, with the, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the PR of it all. So they, they're willing to take the hit on this. And that, that's pretty amazing because if you think of all the things that they do PR wise, they they figured it out and decided okay we're going to go ahead and take the hit which you know as they say well it is if you ever are around Disney people they say the bottom line is they it's used to their have mouse. one pass a long time ago and then 
they quickly found out that people were buying the annual pass and going like every day between the day before Thanksgiving all the way through the day after January. And so they were losing their shirts because the the other thing that was happening is, is the park was getting flooded with Southern California attendees. And if you ever know anything about people that go to Disneyland a lot, we know the system. And so we don't drop 200 bucks at every meal. Like if you don't know what you're doing, you go to the wrong restaurants at the wrong times and it's crowded and you ride no rides. But if you know what you're doing, you know, you can have a really pleasant Disneyland trip. You know, it's, it's crazy sure. to say that, but you can. But then that program morphed into, you know, there's a there's a local pass and that's one price. And then there's an annual pass and then there's a super annual pass. And then there's an unlimited pass, which, by the way, the unlimited pass where you can go anytime you want with no blackout days was way over a thousand bucks per person or some crazy thing like that. So, yeah, I, I just can't you know, they're probably saving themselves so much in administration and just dealing with this whole thing and just saying no more annual pass. It's done. You know, buy your tickets. Come yeah. on in we're done. And there was also a lot of abuse, uh, you know, of that. And they had to have programs where you had to have your picture ID and they had your ID on file. And so when you'd show your pass, the uh, picture would pop up or some crazy thing like that. But in, in any event, it was nuts, but not as nuts as hot pockets that are going to kill you. What is this about? You know, in the midst of everything that's happened here, we take some things for granted and the hot safe pockets food? in your freezer could contain something <laughs> we take safe food for granted. rather than, <laughs> yeah, yeah, than piping hot cheese. Apparently they're that massive recall on hot pockets and some of them have glass and plastic what? inside of them. Oh, so, oh, so, okay. Yeah, so this is a ma- manufacturing. Says. This I thought the way of the, yeah, recall. I, the way you wrote this and, and, and the way that, you, you know, I thought you were reading it was that there's some chemical that in the, in the piping hot cheese that, you know, basically gives you, chemical glass what does it matter don't Don't eat it it. yeah okay well i mean that makes (laughs) sense don't eat it but then you know what a time right now you're now everybody's at home eating hot pockets because that's what you're feeding your kid for lunch you know just to get them out of your hair now we can't even give them hot pockets what can we give oh we can give them pepsi though lebron's going to pepsi yeah he's going to he's leaving coke and going to pepsi i don't know you have to ask him why are we talking about this Well, I thought I thought it was noteworthy. I mean, he he is the the predominant mm-hmm. athlete right now in terms of, of marketing, and um, you know we don't we take soft yeah. drinks for granted, but LeBron doesn't. He's going from Coke to Pepsi. Well, yeah, we the only thing you that. would say That's... is that Pepsi offered him a deal he couldn't refuse. Coke wasn't listening. Got caught sitting there, you know, with without LeBron, and he's the man. Yeah. He and the Lakers yeah. this year they're they're going to beat everybody in the in the NBA yeah. season and, and playoffs. You know, so Aaron Rodgers has got time to host Jeopardy, and LeBron's got time to hawk yeah. Pepsi. Yeah, well, you know, it, it's funny. So you know, we we have this ongoing you know conversation at home because we're, we're running the kids with the dog around the block to keep them fit and in shape and. You think that when you're with your kids 24-7 that you would serve them healthy food, and I think we do for the most part, but also we're trying to get so many other things done. You quickly think, oh, let's go over here and just let's grab salads at Wendy's or let's go get some burgers at McDonald's. And I just thought, you know what? I think we can't do this anymore, but I couldn't get my kids off the crack. We showed the Morgan Spurlock Super Size Me movie. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> yeah. That was scary. His very death. first meal after his first meal, he's throwing up all outside the car because he eats nothing but McDonald's for 30 days. And some really bad things happened to him. And my kids today were like, 
Oh man, that cured me. I don't even want to see a burger. Aver- aversion a- therapy. Aversion is therapy really is powerful. a good thing, and it worked perfectly yeah. in this case because I got them off the McDonald's. They didn't want to do the McDonald's anymore, so that that was a good deal, you know. So well, they ain't gonna want to do hot yeah, pockets. Or, exactly. Or, or, or well, we don't do soft there. drinks at our house. You know, no caffeine, no sugar in our parenting, and that takes away like seventy percent of the problems. Yeah, <laughs> That's one of the things that as empty nesters, we have reintroduced in ours. We, we do make our little, uh, our, you know, what they call yeah. guilty pleasure run to 7-Eleven every morning to get a, a, a Yeah, well, a there you gulp. go. And I, I pack it out with ice and have maybe four or five sips of that thing. But you know what? It's your um, pleasure. I have to decide now. I, I have to decide now because I am a LeBron fan if I'm going to change from Coke to Pepsi. Oh, because I'm, I'm I, a, I would say know, Coke all Coke, the way. Forget Pepsi. Coke. I don't care about Pepsi. <laughs> I'm staying with Coke. <laughs> I don't even drink Coke. LeBron's leaving. <laughs> sure. And that just shows you how deep some of exactly. our affiliations go. Well, it, so. hey, our affiliations are, go so deep. And it's always great to talk to you, Jeff. Fantastic day of podcast recording. And I just hope that uh, you have a a great day tomorrow and we'll see where we are on Tuesday and Wednesday when the big days are here. We will be back with a, uh, are we doing a pre or post? Let's see. Yeah. I mean, it depends on how bad the crazy is. The kids are calling both of us, you know, and our phones are ringing off the hook as they're trying to get some information uh, because, you know, primarily that's who our audience is at the moment. So, so yeah, we'll see. Let's see. Alrighty, sounds good, man. All right, you take care and uh, talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye bye.